0: you to turn to Colossians, and we are going to read three verses there and uh, spend some time just looking at what God is saying to us out of this passage. But my launching pad is a very familiar verse to many of us, and it's in the little book of 1 John, you don't need to turn there, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, where it says this, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just. To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Three powerful Bible words. Forgiveness, cleansing, justification. Forgiven, cleansed, justified. That really don't have any meaning apart from the cross and resurrection but because we have a Savior who did go to the cross and who was not able to be held in a tomb by death. Those three words are powerful for us, filled with meaning. And as we explore that today through the book of Colossians chapter 2, verses 13, 14, and 15, let's let the Lord bring fresh understanding, fresh uh, experience and joy as we, um, as we... It, not only understand, but, l- but live in the truth of those three words. Forgiven, cleansed, and justified. All right, verse 13, chapter 2, Colossians. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Let me just stop right there and clarify some terms. The Apostle Paul is writing to a group of people in the city of Colossae. Just... That's why the book is called Colossians. It's a letter. And he's not writing to corpses. So when he says, and you being dead, he's not talking about people who aren't breathing. He's talking about people who have experienced a different kind of death. And there's more than one way to die, let me assure you. Our bodies can uh, uh, cease to function and they can throw us six feet under. But we can also experience spiritual death, which is far more devastating has eternal devastation. And that's what he's referring to. He's talking to these folks and he says to them, look, you know what it's like to be spiritually dead. And lots of of us in this room understand what that means. To be cut off from the life of God. And he tells us why that's happened. Because of our trespasses and the uncircumcision of our faith. What are trespasses? Well, trespasses, as you might imagine refer to our trespassing from the boundaries and perimeters and parameters that God has established as righteousness, as rightness, right living. And our race decided our forefather and mother, Adam and Eve, on our behalf. And, and look, I, I don't get to blame them. I've done exactly the same thing, but they decided to forsake God's plans and God's directions, God's parameters of holiness and veer off course. Trespass. Go outside the lines. Now, we don't have a God in heaven who's just, you know, wanting to make our lives miserable so, miserable so he's squeezing us into a very narrow kind of life. No, he's like the, in a way, this is a crude example, but it's kind of like our our uh, California vehicle code. I mean, we have uh, set speed limits and when we exceed them, which I do sometimes, I am I am jeopardizing my life. I'm putting my life in jeopardy and not only that yours too. So it's important for me to stay within the boundaries that have been set as guidance for a better way to live. And I said that's a crude example, but that's what God has done. He has established the perimeters for our safety and well-being and fullness in life. And when we decide, ah, I'll try this instead, we cut ourselves off from the life of God. So he says, and you being dead in your trespasses, you've decided to cut yourself off from my life. And then he says, we have also been cut off from the, so, the source of God's life by the uncircumcision of our flesh. Now let's just agree that circumcision is always a difficult conversation to be having with people, especially in mixed company. But he's saying that we have failed to deal ferociously, to deal ruthlessly, to deal, to deal severely with the desires, lusts, and aspirations of our Flesh life. I think all of us know what that means too. He says these things. Your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Have cut you off from the life of God. Let me read that again and then go on. And you being dead and your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made alive together with him he's talking about Jesus he's talking about the resurrection when Jesus exited that tomb it was on our behalf we can live again the connection between my spirit and the life of God can be restored reestablished because Jesus triumphed over death on my behalf that would be an excellent place for a hallelujah one, two, three. Hallelujah. Yes. In fact, we should do it again. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Having forgiven you all trespasses. Having forgiven you all trespasses. There's that powerful word, forgiven. <clears throat> to be forgiven of something is to no longer uh, be held accountable for it. Now most of us in this room I would imagine know what it's like to experience the forgiveness of God. We all just said hallelujah because that's so. But I'll bet some of you know what it's like to be forgiven by someone else in the circle of your your um, acquaintances and relationships. It feels good doesn't it? When you know you messed up when you know you did the wrong thing you said the wrong thing you hurt somebody and they truly and sincerely forgive you and remove the responsibility for your misdeed from your shoulders it feels good how much more when our Savior says you have been forgiven should that just cause us to feel the 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 weight of so much come off. We have the responsibility for my, my sinful trespasses are, is gone. He has forgiven me. Hallelujah. But that's not all. I mean, that would be enough, right? I mean, that would fuel eternal praises. I'm ready to worship God for endless ages on that right there alone. But that's not all. Whoa, he goes on and he says, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. This is that second word I told you about and my contraption just fell apart here. That word cleansed. And I'm going to ask you to picture a couple of things as I talk about this. I'm going to ask you to picture a big whiteboard. And I almost brought one up here, but we just didn't have enough room for all the the gear this morning. But... I almost brought this whiteboard up here, so I'm going to ask you to picture it. So there's a big whiteboard up here. And here's what I was going to do. I was going to take one of those you know, pens, those erasable pens that you used to write on a whiteboard with, and I was going to write all your sins up here. <laughs> the handwriting of requirements that was against us. It says he wiped it out. It literally means he took the eraser and wiped the whole thing. So not only in his forgiveness have the, has the responsibility for my sin been removed, but the record has been expunged. It's as though it never happened. It's been wiped clean. And not only what I have done, but what I will do. It's, that bends my brain backwards. But that's what the Bible says. That sin, the obligation and the record of my sin has been removed. It's out of the picture when I am relating to God, no longer can that ever get in the way. Here's, what I, here's the other thing I want you to picture. Because when it says the handwriting of requirements that was against us, Uh, The the people of Colossae, when they heard this letter being read, they would have uh, understood it this way. They would have understood that Paul was talking about a certificate of debt. That's what it's literally referring to, a certificate of debt. Do you know what that is? Here's one. This is from DiTech Funding. This is the certificate of my wife's and my debt for a small second loan that we are second mortgage that we have on a condominium that my mother and my nephew live in. This is a certificate of debt. It's a legal document that says what we owe. I hate this thing. (laughs) (laughs) But this passage says, that the handwriting of requirements that was against us has been wiped out, has been wiped out. Now, a couple of weeks ago we got this copy of this uh, certificate of debt and you might be able to see that it's been stamped in red, canceled. Oh yeah. It's wiped out. The handwriting of requirements that was against us has been wiped out. It says here that that handwriting of requirements, that certificate of debt that was against us was contrary to us. That means it opposed us. It it was in opposition to us. If you ever played team sports and you know what it's like to have defenders against you, trying to stop you from your goal, this says that that um, that certificate of debt opposes us in that same way. You know, the Bible describes the devil, Satan, as the accuser of the brethren. He's the one that's always barking in my ear about this. But God, through Jesus Christ has wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against me and it no longer needs to oppose me. It no longer needs to be contrary to me. Hallelujah. But that's not all. There's more. Wow. It goes on to say, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it To the cross. Now, I want you to try to think this through with me because God is not only gracious and merciful. He's also just. It's hard for us to to get this because we we are either, we are bipolar. We're either one, not bipolar. We're either one or the other, okay? I'm, no, never mind. we We are either moving in grace and mercy, oh, I forgive you, and we feel magnanimous towards you today and all that kind of stuff, or we are on the justice side of things. Look, you owe me, dude. We don't know how to be both at the same time. God is, and we want him to be. Because if he's not also just, his forgiveness is hollow. but he's also just. And his justice required that the penalty for my sin and yours be paid. I'm grateful that somebody, you know, I I would have been grateful if some nice person over there at DiTech Funding would have took a red stamp and stamped my, my document canceled. That would have been great, but I can tell you that it's even better that on the front page of this thing is a letter from them that says, our records indicate that this loan has been paid in full. (laughs) Nobody, nobody can ever come at me and say, well, you got off. No, we paid it. Mm -hmm. Jesus paid it. He paid it and he paid it all. You know, my my oldest grandson just turned nine a few weeks ago, and we celebrated his birthday a couple weeks ago. And um, he's really into Legos, as a lot of kids his age are. Um, You know, those little blocks with the little bumps on them that go together and you make stuff. I don't quite get it, but he loves the stuff, man. (laughs) He loves them. And those things are not cheap, by the way, you know? (laughs) But these days, we almost always, for, uh, you know, Christmas, birthday, just for the heck of it, we buy him these uh, Lego sets, right? And so we were all at uh, his parents' home and we were celebrating his birthday and got time to open the gifts and he uh, opened our card and uh, read it and then um, opened the package and saw the, the Lego set there. And as you might imagine, it was a Star Wars Lego set. <laughs> <coughs> and his eyes lit up, and he could see the smile on his face. And, you know, we don't, <laughs> we don't give gifts for that, but it is a nice thing to see, right? So then he asked permission and was granted it, and he took his box to his bedroom. And, uh, you know, he was going to start working on the project. I, a few minutes later, followed him down to his room and um, he didn't know but I was just looking through the door watching him. And he's in there by himself on the floor, he's got all the parts dumped out and he's already starting to put it together and you can see he's in another place. He's in that exquisite imaginary space that, you know, has been way too long for many of us to, to almost even remember, right? But that's where he is. He is on another planet. And he is flying a an X-wing fighter. And you know, I and I, man, it just moved me so much. I was just so happy to see that, you know. And I thought of this, I thought, what if my little grandson, when he opened that box and saw that gift and was excited about the possibility of, you know, being able to play with that stuff and own it, you know. What if some interloper said to him, well, you can't have that. You don't deserve that. You didn't buy that. You, you can't afford that. You could never afford it. On your allowance, you know, you're never going to. You don't deserve this. How crushing it would have been to me and to him to observe him within an arm's length of something so valuable to him and not be able to experience it because of a sense of undeservedness. But you know where I'm going. A lot of us, a lot of us live our lives like that. God has provided forgiveness, cleansing, and justification, and he wants us to go play. But we sit there within arm's length, unable to enjoy what God has provided because we think, well, I don't deserve this. I know what I did. I know I can't ever afford to pay the price that would be required for me to enjoy this. But can I tell you, as that boy's grandfather, if anybody would have tried to do that to him, you would have seen me at my ferocious most, most ferociousness. I would have said, I paid for it. I paid for it in full and I have the receipt in my pocket. Don't you dare keep this from my grandson. And we had look, we have a God who right now is saying that to some of our enemies. Some of those demonic presences that want to keep us in the guilt and shame that that causes us to live just this side of God's forgiveness, cleansing, and justification. This is recording number 11255 from the Teaching Ministry of Crossroads Foursquare Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, April 16, 2017. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, He Nailed It.